Good morning, everyone. It is great to see all of you here, and it's great to see uh, or be with those who are online as well. Um, the buckets, I don't know if you noticed, there was tons of buckets all over the church the past couple of weeks uh, for tornado relief um, to go to the United Methodist Warehouse on Relief. And guess what? They've all been taken up. So you're at home filling them up, and they're coming back soon. Um, so if you would still like one, we can order more, but they've all been taken. So thank you for helping those who will need relief from tornadoes in the future. Um, the Early Learning Center here at the church, they had a graduation this week. They had 12 uh, graduate from the Early Learning Center, and they have just done an awesome job, the Early Learning Center. If you see any of the teachers or Helene Haller, let them know how great uh, they are and how much we appreciate them. They made the, uh, a great school year for these kids. It's been a, a tough year, you know, with masks and quarantine, but they had a blast. They had an awesome year, so congratulations to them. Uh, we had the best church picnic of all time this week, uh, this past Wednesday, uh, but that's not the end for youth and kids. We're going to continue meeting on Wednesdays. We have a lot of fun stuff planned, uh, and Vacation Bible School is right around the corner. That's June 7th through 10th. Uh, it's going to be Discovery on Adventure Island, and let Catherine Barnes know if you would like to help. You can still, they can still sign up, can't they? So it's going to be a lot of fun. Next Sunday... Um, at 1 o'clock at the Gadsden Country Club, there will be um, a celebration of life for Joan Hightower, and everyone is invited to that. Also next Sunday in both services, it's Senior Recognition uh, Sunday for high school seniors. Um, and I, I know you've noticed there is a rose on the altar today uh, in honor um, to celebrate a new birth of Charles Harwell Hollingsworth. Uh, parents are Eric and Anna Catherine. And the grandparents are actually here today. Um, so that the grandparents are Phil and Becky Owen. So big congratulations uh, for a new grandchild. Uh, and then there's flowers over here. And these are in memory of Mark Swan in honor uh, of his family. And those were given by Ruth um, Collar and Sid and Barbara Pachter. So um, and lastly, I wanted to say... You know our missions team is always up to something, right? They're always doing something big, all the time. Uh, so they're always partnering with Stripland Elementary, and uh, just recently they did a big teacher appreciation uh, day. So right now we have Mr. Ash, our friend who is here often. Uh, Mr. Ash is gonna come, wants to come and say a few words. Uh, so Mr. Ash, please come on up. We love Mr. Ash here at the church. He always does an awesome job over at school. Thank you. 
it's a powerful message. I'm not going to give you say thank you to Mr. Ash. He talks about the changing of a culture in school, but uh, changing of a culture in, in anything begins with uh, the leadership and the, and the teachers and the staff, and so uh, we're also grateful to him. I want to say welcome and stand with me. Let's sing our opening hymn. It's number 156. I love to tell the story.
for the affirmation of faith. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. say hello to the people who are worshiping with us by live stream today um, you just um, well you would just have to see how beautiful and handsome everybody is today um, many of us are are not wearing masks and some are um, the CDC has lifted the ga uh, the mask um, mandate and so uh, we are recommending if you haven't had the vaccination if you feel more comfortable with it and, it and if it makes you feel better wear your mask by all means and we're still social distancing a little bit, but we want to welcome you however you feel most comfortable. We, are, uh, we, we love having you worship with us by, uh, through FaceTime, I, I meant through Facebook Live. I don't know uh, which, way, which way is up. But uh, our, uh, I do know this, our kids are about to go to Children's Church. So Miss Catherine's about to take them and they're having a wonderful time today. We have um, Kyle Bush is leaving in his M&M shirt there. I love it. All right. I also want to thank you for helping us support the ministries of this church, which include our wonderful children's ministry. Uh, our, our brand new, Pastor Andy, our brand new um, children's worship area that's, that's, being, uh, that's gonna be built and it's gonna be in, in memory of Joan Hightower. It's gonna be so awesome. Uh, the tornado buckets that we just did, our connection to children's, uh, to children's ministry like uh, Stripling Elementary School, we just had Mr. Ash in here. All of these things are possible because uh, of you and your commitment to, to being in ministry in this community. Thank you. Um, continue to help, continue to give. Drop your offering in the plates at the, at the front or the back door there and, and Give online, give by the church app, support these ministries, and we, we're very, very thankful. Thank you for sharing your time and your talents, too. And as we're going to talk about today, another way we're connected is by sharing our witness. So that's going to be our theme today. Uh, will you join me as we go to the Lord in prayer? Gracious God, you've blessed us, and you've given us so many good gifts. And Lord, you have blessed us here at Gaston First United Methodist Church 
by, by having this group of lay people, this group of ministry professionals, and this great community that we get to serve in your name. And I pray that even now you would fill us with your spirit and make us able to do what you've called us to do. I pray also, Lord, that you would take the tithes and offerings, the gifts and the, the talents and everything that we do for you and that you would bless it and use it to build your kingdom in Jesus' name. Amen. hard to follow something like that I do want oh I need to apologize to the choir because just a few minutes ago I jumped the gun and stole your call to worship and everything before uh, it's just uh, oh, JT's okay so I, I guess it'll be all right 
Um, we just, we have such fabulous music in this church, don't we? We, it's, it's so wonderful, wonderful blessing. Uh, we're going to be looking at Acts chapter 1 today. And I invite you to, to follow along on the screen or your, your app on your phone if you have the Bible app on your phone. If you're watching from home, it'll be on the screen for you too. Acts chapter 1, verses 1 through 11. In the first book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus did and taught from the beginning until the day when he was taken up into heaven. And after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen, after his suffering, he presented himself alive to them by many convincing proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. While staying with them, he ordered them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait there for the promise of the Father. This, he said, is what you heard from me. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, is this the time when you will restore the kingdom to Israel? He replied, it is not for you to know the times or periods that the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. When he had said this, as they were watching, he was lifted up and a cloud took him out of their sight. While he was going and they were gazing up toward heaven, suddenly two men in white robes stood by them. They said, men of Galilee, why do you stand looking up toward heaven? This Jesus who has been taken up from you into heaven will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. One of the perks of being a United Methodist pastor is that I'm automatically a member of the United Methodist Women. Isn't that, that's great, isn't it? Yeah, we automatically get to be a member of United Methodist Women. You say, well, Pastor Sam, you're not a woman. I know that, but why would I let that stand in the way of getting to hang out with some cool mission-minded people that love to have good food? Are you kidding me? It's wonderful. I love those lunches. We had a lunch last week, and we had it at this time at the beautiful Rainbow Cafe. Have any of y'all ever eaten at the beautiful Rainbow Cafe? Several of you have. Do you know about that? It's just so wonderful. It's, it's, well, it's located right down the street in our own Gadsden Public Library, kind of over in the back there. But the food, y'all, the food is literally garden to table. Now, when I say that, I don't just, it's not just a slogan. They, they grow their own stuff. They, they have their own gardens and they, they prepare it. And it's always creative. It's, it's always delicious and fresh. And the service, you just cannot beat the service. They would just make you feel like you're being taken care of. So all of that, that I just said is enough to make you put it on your list of places to go. Open for lunch, usually not on Mondays. They opened for us this last Monday. All of that's enough to make you put it on your list of places to go to eat lunch. 
But all of that is not the most important thing about the beautiful Rainbow Cafe. The most important, beautiful, life-changing thing about this cafe is that it is a program for, for young adults with significant cognitive disabilities here in our own Gadsden City school system. And this program, what it does is teach these young people how, well, to grow their own vegetables, how to, to prep and cook them in creative and delicious ways, how to serve the food, how to take care of the money. They, they do everything in this cafe. Um, they, they gain self-confidence through this and, and they just, I mean, they earn a paycheck, they get to open a, a bank account and learn how to save money and they learn problem solving skills. Um, they will, they are so proud of what they do. They'll tell you about the awards that their cooking has won and they are award winning, they serve award winning food there. Doesn't that just sound awesome? I mean, I'm a formal, uh, former special education teacher, so I just really get enthusiastic about things like this. And it's just, to me, to me, it's just revolutionary what they're doing there. It's just, it's revolutionary. And you think, well, how do revolutions start anyway? This revolution started the way just about every revolution starts. And I've got, I've got three ingredients to a revolution I want to share with you. The first ingredient is this. First, you need somebody that sees a need and wants to do something about it. Uh, Chip Rowan is, was a special education teacher at Litchfield Middle School. And he saw a problem. He saw a need. And the problem that he saw and the need he saw was this. He had kids that were going through um, the, the school system and getting out on the other, his, his special need kids were going through and they were getting out and they were graduating from school and none of them were getting jobs. And they were just sitting at home and this just, was just unacceptable for Chip. And so he, he went to the special ed coordinator and he said, I've got kind of a crazy idea. What about me starting a laboratory kitchen and catering business in my classroom. And she said, hmm, that sounds just crazy enough to work. And that's what they did. They started this catering business and, 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 and it kind of grew from there. And uh, pretty soon they thought maybe we, could, maybe we could go down to the library and have a little like a kiosk there where we could sell our, our chocolate truffles and things like that. But the Gadsden Library said, you know what, we've got this whole big back space back here. You could just open a cafe and, you know, generous people in the community, generous businesses, a couple of good grants later, and boom, you have the beautiful Rainbow Cafe. And when you hear Chip talk about this program, you hear somebody that is totally committed to his kids and their success. Am I right? Some of y'all were there that day. He is totally committed to those kids. They know it and he knows, knows it and they love him and he loves them. It's just, it's wonderful. So that's the first ingredient. First you need somebody that sees a need and is willing to do something about it. And then the second ingredient is you have to have some folks that are willing to just pour their lives out in order to see it happen. 
And I, I mean to be all in to make it happen. And when those two things happen, when you have somebody that sees the need, they're willing to do something about it, and you have a group of folks that are willing to pour their lives into it, then what you have is the third ingredient of a revolution, and that is a powerful witness. A powerful witness. And lives are changed. His story after story, he told us about lives that were changed. These students gave witness to the fact that their lives had changed. Wow. The scripture that I read this morning from Acts chapter 1, it reminds me of what happened after Jesus rose from the dead. Sometimes we think that Easter just happens and then maybe we just move on to Pentecost and that's the next thing that happens. But in between there, in between the time of Easter and the time of Pentecost, Jesus spent 40 days uh, not just appearing to people or in the community, to hundreds of people around and talking with them and, and showing that he had risen from the grave, but he spent 40 days teaching his followers about the kingdom of God. Now, I've had some good teachers in my lifetime and uh, I've had some bad ones too, but I've had some good teachers in my lifetime, but can you imagine having 40 days with the resurrected Lord teaching you about the kingdom of God? It boggles my mind. And now he tells them, wait in Jerusalem until the Holy Spirit comes. Next Sunday we get to celebrate Pentecost. Pastor Andy is gonna, I think he's gonna have, there may be some pyrotechnics involved with with, uh, Pentecost and Pastor Andy. But in the meantime, he said, wait in Jerusalem. And then one of the disciples, I always picture him raising his hand. Jesus got a question. Uh, Is now the time that you're gonna establish your kingdom here in Jerusalem? And I always picture Jesus slapping his head because it's it's obviously you've missed the point somewhere along. For three years, Jesus, I mean, you can, we're studying the Gospel of Luke and Bible study right now. You can go and look all through the Gospel of Luke. He talks about the kingdom of God all the time. He says, I've got to go and I've got to preach the kingdom of God. He talks about, he does the, the Beatitudes, blessed are the poor in spirit, for yours is the kingdom of God. He, he says, whoever's least in the kingdom of God is greatest. He says, um, when he teaches them to pray the Lord's Prayer in Luke 11, he says, here's how I want you to pray. Pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. He says, a kingdom divided against itself will fall. He says, uh, fear not, little flock, for the Father's good pleasure, it's the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. He says, whoever doesn't receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never end it. All of these teachings on the kingdom of God. And then when he stood before Pilate, and Pontius Pilate asked him if he was king, if he was king, and Jesus said, you know, my kingdom's not of this world. If my kingdom was of this world, then my followers would be taking up swords right now. So if you're getting the idea that Jesus talked about the kingdom a lot, then you're getting the right idea. But it's a different kind of kingdom, right? And then here's the disciples right before the ascension, And they're asking, 
hey, is now the time you're going to kick the Roman Empire out and, and uh, establish the government right here in Jerusalem? Well, there will be a time when Jesus comes back. But Jesus said, it's not for you to know the time or the seasons that the Father has set by his own authority. And we don't know either, do we? Anybody that tells you they know when Jesus is coming back is pulling your leg, okay? So don't listen to them. But Jesus said, here's what I do want you to do, and this is, this is the final instructions, right? Famous last words, Acts 1-8. And, and, and listen, these last words are revolutionary. Revolutionary. World-changing, life-changing. You will receive power, Jesus said, when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses. In Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Again, I see the disciples raising their hands because they're just kind of like us. You said in Jerusalem, Jesus? Yes, in Jerusalem. Well, Jerusalem's a big city. I really, I'm not a big city person, okay? I prefer the country. It will start here in Jerusalem. Another one raised their hands. You said Judea, right? Well, I'm not from Judea, and, and you know, they, they talk different over there, and I'm not sure that I'm not sure that uh, I, that fits with my vibe. No, you're going there next. Another person raised their hand. Did you say Samaria? Don't you know that everybody hates the Samaritans? Yes, Samaria. As a matter of fact, just so we're clear, to the ends of the earth, everybody needs to hear the good news. You see, that's the first ingredient of a revolution is somebody sees the needs. Jesus saw the need and Jesus was willing to do something about it. The good news needs to go to everybody, everybody. And then the second ingredient is to have a group of people that's totally committed, that's all in, that's pouring their very lives out to see this happen. Now, what do I mean when I say totally committed? Well, just think about your breakfast plate. Um, if you're having bacon and eggs, if you're lucky enough to have bacon and eggs. Um, if you think about your breakfast plate, the chicken was somewhat invested in your breakfast, but the pig was totally committed. Does that make sense? You see the difference there? A revolution takes totally committed. Jesus said, you'll be my witnesses, and he used the Greek word martus. And, and it's the word we get martyr from. It, it means somebody who, who tells uh, what they have seen, somebody who remembers and who confirms, but it also is connected to someone who actually suffers and dies as a consequence of confessing Jesus Christ. Jesus was saying, I need you to pour your life out for me. I don't need you to be slightly invested in the kingdom. I need you to be all the way in. And then that's what they did. They became that powerful witness. They turned the world upside down. 2,000 years later, here we are talking about it. Someone told someone, told someone else, told someone else, all the way up the line until 
someone told us. Um, let me tell you about a friend of mine named Hal. Uh, Hal, when he was a college student, he, he was a very kind of angry, cynical young man. He had had some rough things happen to him in his life. And uh, he, would have, he would have been, he would have self-described himself as an atheist. Because even though he'd, he'd kind of been grown up, gone to church a few times, uh, he really kind of got turned off with church and got, got hurt and just kind of gave up on it. And by the time he was in college, he was like, I don't need church, I don't need God, I don't need anything, I just depend on myself. And that's the way he was. And he had um, a job in a fast food restaurant there in the town where he's going to college. And at this fast food restaurant, in the kitchen, was this older African-American lady. And here's what she did. She sang gospel music all day long while she was cooking. Sang gospel music. And she'd pray. And when she prayed, she prayed out loud. And when she prayed out loud, she prayed just like God was standing right there by the deep fryer talking to her. And, that's, and that was the relationship she had with God. She was just loving Jesus all day long. And he would tease her about it. Who are you in there talking to? Oh, I'm talking to God. Well, you know I don't believe in all that God stuff. And she'd say, honey, that's all right. Because God believes in you. And that's kind of the relationship he had with her. But... Hal went through a, a really traumatic time in his life and, and, and experienced a deep loss in his life and didn't have anybody to turn to, didn't know where to turn. And he tells about when he was on his bed in his dorm room crying, looking up in the middle of the night into the darkness. And he said that he decided, I... I, I I don't think I've prayed since I was a little bitty kid, but I'm going to try it, because so, what have I got to lose? I don't have anywhere else to turn to. And here's what he prayed. He prayed, God, if you're real, please show me, because I need you. And that's what he prayed. There on his bed in the middle of the night. And you know what? God heard his prayer. God answered his prayer. And Hal would go on to become a follower of Jesus. And Hal would go on to become a powerful witness of what Jesus can do in someone's life. He would go on to be a minister. And Hal spent the rest of his days telling people the good news. Because you know how I know that story to tell you today is because Hal told that story to me. And on and on, people pouring their life out, pouring it out. Revolutionary. So could you do that? Could, could, you, could you do it? Could you be the next link in the chain? Could you be the one that, that carries the good news to somebody that needs to hear it? Well, I don't know. It might just be crazy enough to work. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for those people in our lives who loved you and who saw the need and who were willing to, to give themselves and who told us the good news. 
And Lord, where would we be without those who influenced us in a positive way? And where will you send us next? To what dark corner of the world will you send us to shine the light of the good news? Open our eyes, Lord. Help us to see that the kingdom of God is bigger than our preferences. It's bigger than our comfort zone. It's bigger than our imagination. But it's revolutionary. It's life-changing. It's worth spending our lives on. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Our closing hymn today uh, is number 571. And this is, this is kind of one of those hymns that's kind of the marching orders. All right? So I'm going to ask you to stand as we sing 571. Go make of all disciples.
for the benediction, I want everybody to turn around and face this. We call it the resurrection window, but I always like to think of it as the ascension window, too. Um, it, it also could be th thought of as the second coming window, uh, but it's, it's beautiful, and I want you to see this, and I want you to think about Jesus saying, Now you have received power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses here and to the ends of the earth. Amen. Amen.